Community Cats podcast. Ready? Let's go. Welcome to the Community Cats podcast. I am your host, Stacey LeBaron. I've been involved helping homeless cats for over 20 years with the Merrimack River Feline Rescue Society. The goal of this podcast is to expose you to amazing people who are improving the lives of cats. I hope these interviews will help you learn how you can turn your passion for cats into action. Today, we're speaking with Jeff Parks. Jeff is a comedy writer from Temecula, California. He grew up with dogs in his life, and it wasn't until he was in his 30s that he was introduced to the wonderful world of owning cats. However, it wasn't long after meeting his two cats, Windows and Mac, that he fell in love with both and officially became a cat person. He was inspired by the deep bond he had with his cats to see if there was research on how cats showed their love for their human companions. He was amazed to find that there were countless articles about the subject. It occurred to him that this question was of obvious interest to cat lovers. Utilizing his comedy background, he started to write out the funny ways cats show love to their owners that wouldn't be found in any official studies. Eventually, he decided to pursue the idea as an illustrated book featuring captions underneath each panel. He found a co-writer and an illustrator who shared his vision, and it was off to the races. The resulting book, You Know Your Cat Loves You, because the sweet, silly, and scientific ways our cats show us how much they love us is available now on Amazon. Jeff, welcome to the show. Hey, thank you, Stacey. Um, I know I'm not your typical guest, but uh, I really appreciate the invite. I think that I've got a lot, hopefully, to to offer your listeners, and (laughs) I'm happy to be here. Thank you again for joining me, and thank you for sending me a copy to review. So I have my book sitting here, and I believe you have your copy of your book sitting right in front of you. I do indeed. So we may have you read one or two of your favorite passages as we get going in the show. But before that, you mentioned in your bio a little bit about how you became a cat person, and congratulations on that. Thank you. Can you tell me a little bit about the specifics around how you found Windows and Mac? Yeah, it's it's an interesting story. So uh, first of all, uh, it, it is Windows and Mac, which a lot of people automatically go to the computers. But the actual backstory is that it had nothing to do with the uh, computers. It, essentially, back in 2004, my girlfriend at the time moved in with me and she had Windows. And that was the first time I'd really been introduced to a cat. We were kind of a little wary of each other. He was uh, a big fan of eating my plants and banging on cupboards and everything. And weirdly enough, after a few months, we really warmed up to each other. And it was a couple months after that, and I decided to get him a companion. So he went out and adopted Mac, who was a kitten at the time, and Windows was about two years old. Fast forward to a few years later, we broke up amicably. And I was working from home at the time, and she thought that I would be the better caretaker. And I have to admit, I was uh, I was very happy that she wanted to do that. And so from there, my bond with both cats became very strong just because I was around them so much. It's kind of hard to describe. I'd always been sort of the, the dog person, and it kind of took me by surprise. But I became an official cat person. I was the guy showing videos to friends of the cats and pictures and everything. So that's kind of a little background there. And are your kitties dog-like or cat-like? So Windows was, um, in fact, I didn't know that a cat can growl like a dog. When we introduced Mac to Windows, he growled like a dog, which took me by surprise. He was affectionate in some of the ways that a, a dog was. But, you know, 
I was never somebody who thought you had to be a dog person or a cat person. I always respected the differences between both animals. And so I wasn't really looking so much for Windows or Mac or cats in general to ever be like dogs. And in fact, it was the way they showed their affection. It was so different than the dogs that I'd had that led me towards research for the book and the idea for the book. When I read through your book, you know, you just sort of one of those feel good books. And I just kept sitting there and I'd be like, oh, yeah, I agree with that. Oh, yeah, that's happened. Oh, yeah, I can see that. <laughs> and so, you know, as I was enjoying it, the one thing that came to my mind was sometimes in this business, especially when you're in the rescue world and you're fostering a lot of cats or kittens and you own a lot of cats and you're out there trapping a lot of cats, is that our profession can be extremely overwhelming and, and emotionally driven. Training. Uh, one thing this book brings forward is levity and joy and some warmth. Was that your original inspiration for the book? Yeah, I'm glad you asked that because the original idea for the book was in 2015, I noticed for whatever reason, I just noticed that both cats showed affection in different ways. Like Mac was less atypical. He was the cat that in the beginning, if I approached him, he would get up and walk away. And that lasted for about seven years. But he would come up to you and he would kind of butt his head on you and uh, wrap his tail around you and, and do other things. And so, you know, I picked up on the way both cats showed affection. Windows was a lap cat. Uh, he would join me pretty much everywhere. And so the idea just kind of hit me. How do you know if your cat loves you? And I thought, okay, to the Google. And I was curious to see if I would find some of the things that I recognized in both cats in different articles. And the surprise came when there were 700 million results for how do you know if your cat loves you? So the biggest surprise was there were a lot of articles that mentioned that maybe cats uh, had learned uh, behavior to show affection but didn't really love their owners, which I immediately thought, well, that's not right. Like, I don't believe that. And I don't think any cat owner or cat lover believes that because we know we, we live with our cats, like we understand their behavior pretty well. But the main thing is I thought, well, you know, maybe I'm on to something here if so many people are asking this question that I had. So with the comedy writing background, I started to uh, kind of come up with different ideas that I thought would be funny in terms of how a cat would show their love. And I quickly paired that with the idea of how dogs show their love. So the original idea was kind of a counterpoint where you would have, you know, your cat loves you because the minute you get home, they're nowhere to be seen. They know you need your downtime. It's been a long day at work. And then the counterpoint would be, you know, your dog loves you because they're right there for you. Once you get home from work, they know you need love and support. And so I kind of sat with that idea for a few years. It, it kind of languished. I go back to it and I really couldn't figure out how to form it. But in 2019, I finally hit upon it that it didn't need to be this alternate thing. And I also recognized that it needed to be a lot more than a comedy book, that I really wanted it to be sincere and heartfelt and sweet and funny. And I didn't want to traffic in the same stereotypes that you would see in this kind of book, where cats are always aloof, the old sort of stereotype that the cat's trying to plot to kill you when you're asleep. <laughs> and uh, I was determined to do something that really showed the joys of pet ownership but also found some truths in some of the um, different situations you would find yourself in with your cats. I want it to be a book that was full of joy and we wanted to mix it up too. So it wasn't just one kind of panel. You use the word we. You want to share a little bit about your collaborators? Yeah, and actually it's very important. I couldn't really write the dog lines the way that I wanted to. And so after coming up with a few, I needed to find someone that I trusted who could write well and also be someone I could bounce off of. And I had worked with an actress, Nina Brissy, on a short comedy film that I had done a few years ago. 
I saw that she was always posting pictures of her dog, Bruce, and, and updates on how he was doing. And I thought that she would be a good partner for something like this. And so I contacted her and told her about the idea for what the book would be, because I always knew it had to be illustrated with captions. I, I always knew exactly the type of book that I wanted it to be. And so I wanted to make sure that she understood what it was that we were going to be doing, because the process took nine months just to do the cat book. And we actually have a companion book uh, involving dogs with the same subject coming out in a few months. But she really loved it. To her credit, she she actually loved it more than I did at the beginning. She's like, let's get to it. Let's do it right now. So we set deadlines, which was probably the key. Uh, deadlines for when the actual lines would be written, lines for sorting through them, deadlines for finding an illustrator. And our illustrator, uh, who is amazing, Mark Sean Wilson, he's been published in The New Yorker. Uh, he's got a line of children books out. And it was tough finding somebody who we felt could really capture exactly what we were trying to intimate with the captions, because you have a specific caption written and we had described each image when we gave it to the illustrator, like this is what we want it to look like. But it's a really hard thing to do still to give somebody uh, a caption and here's a description, have them come up with the exact thing you want. And he was amazing. Uh, we were very fortunate to find him. And he worked with us and uh, still has worked with us hand in hand on everything. Uh, without his involvement, actually, the book wouldn't be what it is. So I'm glad that you brought that up. I want to make sure he gets his due credit because it was a true collaboration in the sense that everything that was written went through between Nina and I. Her and I didn't realize how, how intense it was going to be in terms of the time we spent. Uh, we would have three and four hour sessions just reviewing maybe seven to ten new sketches that came in from Mark to talk about our, where is this cat is, is this the, is this the uh, profile we want, is this the look we want, do we need to show him another model, uh, what do we want to revise, is this perfect? All the minutiae that you need to look at if you want the book that you're writing to come through. We did the work for, and it showed up on the page. As a licensed board of veterinary medicine continuing education provider, ProVetLogic understands the importance of proper disease prevention and odor control in that cat care environment. ProVetLogic is a leading provider of educational support and product solutions that are designed specifically for disease prevention and odor control in the home and professional cat care environments. To learn more about our cattery products, please visit www.provetlogic.com or call 800-869-4789. Check out ProVetLogic today. Join the Community Cats podcast on Saturday, February 8th from 10 a.m. to 5 p.m. Eastern Standard Time for an online behavior day featuring Dr. Rachel Geller and Tabitha Kusera. Rachel and Tabitha will offer a variety of workshops on common cat behavior issues and concerns, from vet visits and enrichment to litter box and multi-cat household issues. There will even be a kitten kindergarten workshop. Sign up today for just $25 and be sure to bring your questions on February 8th. If you can't make it that day, it's okay. Sign up anyway so you can view the recordings of the presentations at a later date. Just go to communitycatspodcast.com and sign up today. So you talked about this nine-month process when you started out and the product you finished. Was that what you anticipated or did things change in that evolution of the nine months? Uh, it did a little bit. One of the things that we realized quickly was that um, Nina and I was that we didn't want it to be, we didn't want like scatological stuff in there in the sense that there was um, gross stuff, so to speak. 
Um, we want it to be real. So there are things that would, you know, talk about litter boxes and things like that. But we wanted to make sure it was probably more comedic than anything. And I had uh, went through an experience, a really horrible experience, where my cat Windows, who I'd had for 15 years, uh, and he was 17 at the time, had gone through uh, numerous uh, problems. He'd had diabetes and uh, thyroid issues, and um, he got very, very sick a few months into writing the book. In May, early May, uh, they found a, a big mass in his stomach, and I had to make the decision to let him go and put him down. And it was by far the hardest thing I, I've ever had to do. And uh, you know, to this day, it's still hard to even think about. But the thing is that after that happened, the book was already special to me because a lot of it was inspired by both cats, but it took on a different, a different dimension. And what was important for me was that the book resonates with every cat owner out there. That was really important to me because I, I had become a cat person and I knew what it was like to be, to adore and to really bond with your cat in a way that you'll do anything for them and you just love them that much. So getting the vision out for what the book was, it's very rare for that to happen. I can tell you from having done stage comedy where I'd written sketches and produced them and doing uh, short films, it's very rare to have uh, the vision for something you have creatively actually come out. And this is the first time it actually happened. I'm so proud of the book that is in front of me because I know that the people who buy it, the cat lovers, the, from the responses that I've gotten and the feedback and everything else, I knew I did what I had set out to do in collaboration with my other partners. It's, uh, it's something else to have that happen. I'm extremely uh, proud of the book. So in combination with your your vision, you really had some intense determination to pull it through. And you pulled it through in a very difficult time, but it wasn't something that said, hey, let's stop this project because you lost windows. It was, no, we need to keep pushing forward even more so. And you mentioned a little bit more, and I, I won't belabor it, but there's even a bit of a memorial or remembering for him. So even though there's joy, there's happiness, there's laughter, there's funniness, there's life to the book too. And that's, I think, important for folks to sort of understand too. Yeah, I, I took a couple days off afterwards. I was in a pretty bad state. I mean, I'd never grieved that hard before. And so I, I told my both uh, my writing partner and our illustrator that I needed a, a little time off. But I also recognized that I needed to go back into it. And one of the things that I was able to do, being you know, one of the authors, was include both Mac and Windows in the book, giving pictures to our illustrator and saying, OK, this caption was inspired by Windows. This one was inspired by Mac. And I was able to place them side by side in the book, which is extremely meaningful because I, you know, I look at the book quite a bit. I always see him there on my computer where he used to always lay <laughs> and it brings a smile to me. And yeah, it was it was tough to deal with in the, in the beginning, especially because you're reading lines that were directly inspired by him. But it was more meaningful for me to honor him by finishing the book in a way that I knew I knew was inspired by him quite frankly. And, uh, you know, wanting that same joy that I got from him to be spread to people who are going to read the book. And uh, the best part of the entire process is feeling like I have a book. It wasn't written because I got this great idea and I think cat lovers will spend money on it. It was, it was like, I got this great idea that cat lovers are going to love. Like, I can't believe this idea has never been done, you know, especially with the stereotype of cats being aloof creatures. I thought, well, we know that that's not right. 
And in fact, this was a way to have fun with it, but also say, hey, cats are incredible. And you're really missing out if you don't get that. Since the release of the book, how has the reception been? And have you gone to bookstores or are you like out pounding the pavement or are you primarily using Amazon <laughs> as your distribution network? Well, I, we have a Facebook page. If anyone wants to find it, it uh, just type in, you know, your cat loves you because and you'll find it. So on the Facebook page, uh, the response has been great. We've had people who have bought the book and sent pictures of the book uh, of them with the cats that they have, which is great. We've had just basic responses in terms of people writing to us, telling us they love the book. And, and actually, that's the biggest thrill so far. I mean, we, we want to earn money, obviously, but to me to hear that it hit the heart the way that I wanted is by far the most thrilling part about it. As far as selling the book, right now we're exclusive on Amazon. But the idea that we had is we're going to go to different vet clinics and we're going to try to team up with them where they would sell the book in their clinics and uh, we would donate a portion of the proceeds to a charity that would specifically assist uh, people who are having problems paying their vet bills. And the reason behind that was, you know, taking care of windows for so long, it got very expensive, but I was very fortunate to have the money to be able to pay for all the blood tests and going back and forth and uh, all the medications. But a lot of people can't. So that's that's something that we just literally started doing. And that'll be pounding the pavement to a degree. But um, I think that this is a book that will be shared by people more than just finding it in bookstores. And so there's different ways we're going to try to distribute it. Right now we're doing giveaways and that kind of thing. But as far as where they can get it would be Amazon, then a few other online places after that, and hopefully um, in vet clinics around the country. Well, in the show notes, we'll certainly make sure we have the link through to Amazon and um, that way make sure people have access to it because we're a couple of weeks before Valentine's Day. So what do you get a cat person on Valentine's Day? I mean, we don't do chocolate or flowers or whatever. You get them a cat book, right? Right. right. <laughs> Right. So we do that instead. So just to reiterate, um, if folks are interested in finding out more or joining, you know, any updates you have, that Facebook page is really the place to contact yeah. you or reach out to you or to uh, the general community. Yeah, a couple things. Um, so we have an email address for people who want to um, write about the book if they want to ask anything actually about the book. You know your cat loves you because at gmail.com. We went out of our way to use a lot of different cats as real life, uh, real life cats as models for the book. So there was a lot of diversity. We wanted to make sure that people were represented too. So all kinds of people, ages, nationalities, and all types of cats. It was really important to me and my partner that that was part of the book. And we want to hear. We, like I said, it's really the biggest thrill hearing from people who have bought the book, identified with specific panels and said, yep, that's my cat right there. So uh, that and the Facebook page, we update usually once every few days. And um, yeah, we, we love feedback. That's really the best. Hey, Jeff, is there um, anything else you'd like to share with our listeners today? You know, just that there was a lot of joy putting together this book. What we wanted to accomplish was something that would uh, blend all the awesome experiences of being a cat owner and, and really find the joy in it. And we want to also make it interesting so that if you're reading the book, you never quite know what's going to come next. And that's that's pretty much it. It really came from the heart. And we're really proud of what we've got here. And we hope that people get it and, and let us know what they think.
That's great. Well, Jeff, I want to thank you so much again for agreeing to be a guest on my show. And I hope we'll have you on in the future, maybe when your next book comes out. But we'll definitely keep in touch. And for my listeners, um, I really hope you'll consider sharing this podcast with others. I know Jeff would be happy if you uh, shared the podcast with others so that they might consider uh grabbing a copy of this book. And if you feel up to it, please subscribe to the show and write a review. That's really helpful to help spread the word about the Community Cats podcast. So thanks so much for tuning in and we'll see you all next week. Thank you for listening to the Community Cats podcast. I would really appreciate it if you would go to iTunes, leave a review of the show. It will help spread the word to help more community cats. 